Hello and welcome. My name is Brent Weaver and this is the Digital Agency Show. The podcast that goes behind the scenes with today's top agencies and entrepreneurs. I am really glad you're here. And once again, it's time to transform your business mindset. Hey, what's up, digital agency owners and podcast listeners. Before I introduce today's guest, I want to ask you a quick question. Are you currently stressed out, cash crunched, or fed up with your business? If you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem, or maybe that it's the area you live in, or maybe this market has become too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around, and I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now that it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who comes to you saying they need a website or Facebook ads or maybe a mobile app developed, but they don't even realize the deeper challenge or opportunity that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a YouGurus strategy call where we'll dig into those underlying issues and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments will shift the way you think forever, and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your strategy call. Go to yougurus.com slash apply to start your application process for this free call. Once again, go to yougurus.com slash apply to get started. All right, let's introduce today's guest. Hello, hello, podcast listeners, digital agency owners. Welcome to another episode of the Digital Agency Show. I'm your host, Brent Weaver, and we have a fantastic program for you guys today. Uh, Our guest, Pia Silva, who's an entrepreneur, speaker, and author, as well as a partner and brand strategist at Worst of All Design, where they build badass brands without the BS for one to three person service businesses in a one to three day intensive She's also a Forbes contributing uh, contributor and author of Badass Your Brand, The Impatient Entrepreneur's Guide to Turning Expertise into Profit. We're really excited to have Pia on the program. Welcome, Pia. Thanks so much, Brent. Great to be here. So I, I have to just ask, I mean, you've got this very unique brand yourself, and I'm definitely very interested in talking a little bit about your story, but the name Worst of All Design, um, can you just give me just the, the quick backstory on that? Like, where does that come from? It just has this kind of counterintuitive feel to it, um, but I assume there's some intention behind, uh, behind that name. Sure. Well... Surprise, surprise, a lot of people ask us about our name. Um, Well, when people ask us, actually, the first thing I say is, well, we build badass brands, and that's a badass name. And I just kind of leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Meditate on that. Um, and, And there's truth to that, you know? I mean, I believe in being your brand. And I think it's a pretty ballsy name to have. And we do some ballsy stuff. So I think... Um, having a name like Worst of All Design allows us to be our brand instead of saying, you know, we think differently and we make different (laughs) brands stand out, like blah, blah, blah. Um, So that's just right in your face. Clearly, we're not, you know, the same kind of agency. Um, But the secret story that I don't like to tell everyone, but I like to let clients kind of figure this out mid-project that happens a lot, the aha moment I like to create um, is that my partner and husband's last name is Wasterval. 
uh, which is Dutch, Wasterval. And uh, Worstival is, you know, a nickname from his stoner days in college. <laughs> so that's where it really came from. But it was so fitting and authentic. We just had to go with it. Interesting. That is very interesting. They, the, you know, in a way, the business is a, uh, the name is like this relic from stoner day anyways yeah that's that's good um and it's very authentic to us (laughs) yeah and i think there's something you know the word authenticity gets thrown around a lot but you said the the phrase being your brand and i'm just thinking about my own story of working from my loft when i had just you know dropped out and left college and i was trying to pick up clients and i was 20 uh, 22, 23 at the time. And all I could think about was how I needed to present myself as this more established, you know, uh, you know, create this mirage that we were this big company, not backed by, you know, 22 year old college dropouts that were trying to, you know, make money building websites and programming. And I remember on our website, just the way we would write it was as if we were somebody else. And I think a lot of people, have either gone down that road, thought about that, or are currently doing that. They're not really expressing themselves or their what's unique about them, what is quote unquote authentic in their brand. And you're basically saying that that's exactly what they should do. They should do that thing that maybe they feel uncomfortable about or aren't, um, you know, that there's actually something maybe wrong or not authentic or not good about trying to be somebody else, which I think sounds intuitive, but at the same time, I think a lot of people have a lot of fear around that. Absolutely. And that is probably the biggest mistake that I see out there in the world with people and their brands. And, you know, I think it takes a a certain amount of experience in order to get the confidence to own what you actually are. But, you know, I hear that and I immediately picture a brand that says, we're a couple of 22 year old dudes in a basement eating pizza and we freaking know everything about coding. You wish we were on your team. So, you know, like that's why you hire us. Like that is a brand in and of itself. You know, there are companies who want those brilliant young minds in their technology. So, and that's not for everybody, but kind of owning what you are can be a huge asset if you understand how to position it and and own it. It it almost sounds like a process of much more introspection and taking a look in the mirror of who you really are today and making that the story, the presentation versus this much more external view of what is everybody in in my case, we were based in Denver. What are all the, what are all the Denver agencies look like? What do all the Denver web designers look like? Let's look at all of their websites and then let's figure out who we are. And you're kind of saying if you're two dudes in college and you're eating pizza and you're, wicked smart, that by itself really should be your differentiating factor. Or it, it can be. And don't get me wrong. I did the exact same thing. I mean, I ended <laughs> up in debt because of it. So I understand why everybody does that. Um, but you, if you don't come around to the other side and start to figure out, uh, start to be introspective and figure out what's really unique to you, um, then you'll kind of end up in that loop that I think a lot of agency owners are in where you're just kind of breaking even, you're overworked and underpaid. Um, but I do also think that finding um, what is so special about you, it does come from having some experiences. So 
I don't work with startups for that very reason. I want you to have at least worked with a couple of clients successfully, whatever they are, or semi-successfully, because I want to hear about those experiences and base that, you know, quote, authentic brand on something you have actually done um, and not kind of make it up. So, you know, there's a little bit of trial and error in the beginning because you have to just try some things, work with some people, and then you can really hone in on what is so special about you. You mentioned your uh, your business partner is also your spouse. Is that right? Yes. So is, yes, is that the is it just the two of you in your agency right now? It is now. Yep. Uh, it is now like he just joined on full time, or is <laughs> <laughs> it was us and it is us again? And I don't know if we'll ever bring anyone on uh, ah. on again. We had people, and we got rid of them, and it was the best thing we could have done for our business and our lives. Interesting. I loved them, but it was the best. It was the best idea. In so you mentioned earlier, you got yourself into some debt or some kind of a maybe a, a negative turning point uh, for you. W when was that? I mean, or w when was this kind of transition for you? Was there a before badass brand and after badass brand or um, where did you kind of figure out what worked for you and your agency? Oh yeah. There is a, a clear line in the sand pre and post. Um, we were using the word badass before it, but we weren't really badass until after. Um, <laughs> basically the first three years of our business um, probably a lot of people can relate like first in our apartment, then, you know, into an office, then we hired a couple of employees, definitely puffing out our chest, trying to look like an agency so we could compete at higher prices, um, paying, you know, paying salaries means higher overhead, higher overhead means you need to charge higher prices. And this loop we got into, um, you know, ended us up in $40,000 of credit card debt uh, in March, 2014. So that was almost exactly three years after we started our business. And um, that number was significant to us because that was our credit card max at the time. So if we had more credit, maybe we would have gone farther, but that was the end of the line for us. So I'd love to say that we just had an epiphany on our own, but really we were forced to make a pivot. And um, that was when we got rid of our two employees, immediately lifting a huge weight off of my, off of my shoulders. I mean, salaries are very expensive in New York City. Um, and then that's when we put ourselves through our own process. And as I just mentioned, looked back at our projects and our clients and what we loved about our business and what we hated and found this very specific thing that we now built our entire business around and had an incredible experience thereafter. I mean, we went from $40,000 in debt to making $500,000 in sales in the next 12 months just by making this super focused pivot. Um, and not paying for advertising or anything. I mean, the clients just started coming to us once we made that pivot. Can you give us a little uh, direction? So you you looked retrospectively what was working for you, what was not. Uh, what was that decision-making process like? I mean, I imagine that for a lot of people right now, they can look back and see, oh, I've got, you know, these 50 projects, these 50 clients. What, you know, what out of all that is good or bad? Or you mentioned your own process that you take people through. So what were some of the things you did um, to figure that out? 
Sure. Well, we did put ourselves through our own process, which was a kind of revelation in and of itself. I mean, here we are branding people, and this is one of the most valuable assets we have is the knowledge of how to brand companies, <laughs> but we don't, you don't necessarily do it for yourself. So that was step one. Um, one of the big questions, uh, multi-part questions that I ask clients is, what do you hate about what you do? Um, I find that that's a, real, a much better question than what do you stand for? I say, what do you stand against? You know, what sucks about your industry? So we asked ourselves that and we said, oh my gosh, we hate um, design by committee, long drawn out projects, websites that never get posted because clients can't give us content, um, you know, blah, 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 design that gets watered down because, you know, there's too many uh, cooks in the kitchen. And we realized that those were literally the projects that we had been going after at these higher prices. So that was an epiphany in and of itself. We said, we don't like anything about this, um, but that's what we're trying to build. Okay, well, that's pretty dissonant. We need to look at that. And then I asked clients, what's your favorite thing? And when we asked ourselves that, we said, well, we actually do love the work. I mean, I do love working with clients coming up with the strategy and the vision. And Steve is amazing at doing the design of the brand. And we had previously, the year before, built this product that we called a brand up. Um, we, it was just this little thing we did on the side to just try to make some quick money. It was a one-day intensive for $3,000. And we had done a couple of them over the year. And so when we said, what do we love? We said, those projects are really fun. You know, those projects allow us to do all the stuff that we love and none of the long drawn out stuff that we hate. And just because of the nature of the project, it really only works with small businesses, like one or two people. So the third part of the question is, what's the most profitable thing that you do? And when I looked at the numbers, even though this one day brand up was only $3,000, it was way more profitable than a $30,000 client that took six, eight months to finish. So that was the, that's what pushed it over the edge. We said, okay, we've got this thing we love. It's the most profitable thing we do. And this other thing we're trying to do, we don't like at all. So we're only going to do brand ups. And I mean, almost overnight, we just changed everything on our website. I, I called up every proposal I had out. I called up everyone in my network and I said, hey, just to let you know, this is what we're doing now. Um, and the first few clients I closed were really from those proposals. You know, I called the clients up and, you know, that kind of sheepish uh, conversation that clients have when they haven't responded to a proposal you worked really hard on and they say, oh, I'm so sorry. We just haven't gotten back to you yet. I called them and I said, you know what? Forget about that proposal. We're not even doing that anymore, but we can do your project in a fraction of the time for a fraction of the cost with this new process. So I closed a bunch of clients just from doing that. And then um, just by educating everybody around us, because we had this thing that was so unique and so clear and specific, all of a sudden, People in my network who really liked me and thought we did good work were suddenly sending me referrals because I made us really easy to refer because mm. it was so clear, you know, oh, you can go to them and get all this stuff in like one or two days and it's a flat fee and people just loved it. So that that's basically the story. So I'm thinking about this in terms of all the different types of services that 
people listening to this are offering, and some of them are probably doing some paid discovery or paid consulting on the front side of their projects, and then the majority of their work and probably heartache and stress as, as they're listening to you go, oh my God, you could have a three-day engagement and be done? I'm still working on this project <laughs> for a year, right? Um, mm-hmm. So how do they think about that for themselves? Are you still doing any project work? Or are you 100% one to three-day strategic consulting you're going to help them figure out the strategy behind the brand and that's it? Or are you doing any of the visual communication or, you know, content or anything that happens after they have that strategy in place? Oh, no, this is a full branding project. Um, Mm. When we first started for 3000, it was obviously pared down. Um, But at this point we charge $15,000 for the one day and, um, and 20,000 for the two day. Don't quote me on that. I'm constantly raising the price. Um, but that one day project is the entire strategy, all the messaging, the copy for your website, the design of your logo, the design and build of your website, the design and, and creation of your marketing, uh, your identity materials, sometimes also some other marketing material. Um, I'm often doing marketing consulting in this. I'm often helping people productize their services, price their services, design the process or sales process through which their clients will go through, um, educating them on how to write content. I mean, it's a one day process, but we do a lot of work ahead of time. And we have a whole process that we go through in order to make this happen. Um, But it's a full branding project that ends at 6 p.m. with all the materials. So you're doing done-for-you services in this engagement, either real-time as it's happening or it's pre-work? Yeah. I mean, the process has evolved over the years. Um, When we first started, it was just day of. And in order to increase the value of what we were offering and therefore increase the price, we slowly built this process so that now it's really a two-step process. Um, Step one is something called a brand shrink. It's an hour and a half interview with my partner and the clients where we deep dive into their business and the deliverable the next week is a strategy brief outlining exactly what um, our diagnosis is and what they need to do. And it's always different, but it's, you know, three to five page brief. And then at the, and I charge right now, I charge 1500 for that. And then at the end of the brief, I outline exactly all the deliverables that they need. Um, and I let them apply the 1500 to the final project if they move forward. So essentially, once a client sees the brief, this is a very detailed plan of what they need. And if they want us to execute it, we pick a date, um, they pay half up front, and then we do all the work essentially ahead of time. We do almost, we take it as far as we possibly can so that the day of is really this well-choreographed dance where we take them through this process of showing them work, getting their feedback, making revisions in real time, um, again, such that we can deliver the entire thing in full at the end of the day. Hmm. And that either happens one or two days. And I I mean, I think what you've done is, and I'm sure you've been told this a lot, but very much Um, well, first genius, love it, Pia. It's great. If you guys are listening right now, you should definitely be taking some notes or a lot of people are probably sitting there thinking like, like, how am I going to make this happen? Right. How am I going to make this happen for what we do? Right. That's not branding or it's something different. Um, but I think that the other piece is just how, um, you've done a really good job at productizing 
the service offering and the customer experience, making it something that can be put into a process that other people can easily understand. Like you said, referrals happen much faster. Uh, you can, um, you know, you t- you can get really good at your process, which I think is such an important thing of businesses that you know establishes that process and have very similar. Uh, types of experiences for customers because then you get to really work on and hone those small things that usually make huge impacts. And if every one of your projects is coming through and the entire process is totally different every time, then it becomes very difficult to you know figure out like what's working, what's not. Whereas it sounds like you've been able to test a lot of things, add things to this recipe, as well as charge a lot more for it, increasing your margins, which is all really awesome things. I assume that's been yeah. happening based on yeah, going from 3K absolutely. to 20K. And I, I love that you point that out because, and I'll I'll tell you something that just happened to me today, actually, um, a client, actually a website agency, we did a brand shrink for them. We gave them the strategy. They loved it. And then essentially, like based on their budget and the website that they wanted, I... Um, because there's so many additional pages they want. Not that I think they should have all those pages, but that's (laughs) what they want. I said, well, you know, we can basically do our process and we can do the whole thing for you, but the pages we're going to deliver in this one day, because they didn't want to pay for a two day in this one day are going to be all the main pages and your, and they decided, well, we're going to have to hire a designer at an additional cost to take your designs and then put them on all these other pages, which makes sense. And he said, so because I don't have the budget for that, can you do less and just do the content PO? Like we want you to write all this content. Like we want you to do all the messaging and all of that. We really want you to do it. And I said, I, and I had to turn him down because even though in theory I could do that um, and get paid well for it, it's like, I just don't want to, you know, like our process, well, I know our process works and I like the comfort of our process. And I don't know what other things are going to come up if I'm, if I'm pitching you copy and lines and you're not seeing them on the page with the brand. I mean, Steve and I have kind of learned that presentation is everything, you know, it's hard to hear an awesome line. It's much easier to see the brilliance of a line when you see it on the brand itself. And we do a lot of stuff where it's all kind of coming together very quickly because I don't think clients have a great imagination. And they certainly don't know what's in your mind. So we're always thinking about, you know, how are they experiencing this? So while it was a little tempting to go, okay, well, I can knock a few thousand dollars off and <laughs> I can just write you all this content. It's like, you know what? better off just going to the next client and doing what I know works because I know headaches are going to come up from that. And I, I share that story because turning down clients and money like that is the hardest thing mm. I find for people, but that is what keeps it really tight and profitable and, in my opinion. Yeah. And I mean, the, if, if you would have done that, they would have missed out on the experience which is probably going to be one of the most lasting memories in their minds about working with you in general would have been this day in a room, you know, I'm assuming lots of coffee, looking at things, jamming things out, having time to connect and have lunch. It does happen remote. remote? Okay. So I'm I'm even imagining something totally different, but even that experience of working with your team all day through that remote, I mean, I assume that that's part of your experience that you've been creating and maybe part of why you're getting some really good referrals and word of mouth is that some of this stuff is happening, um, that you've been able to create a very tight experience for customers where it's not just the the content, right? Because that's very different, like just delivering somebody some content versus giving them the experience. 
some people come into the office and it's, it is actually a very different experience when they're in the office. Cause there is that, um, there's that more personal interaction and, you know, we get little goodies and have coffee and you're right, but actually more often than not, it's remote. And in my experience, I tend to be able to give them just a little bit more work when it's remote because there's a little bit less, um, you know, chit chat. Mm. Yeah, no, so, and you can, you can be in your, like in your, your zone with your computer, or your desk set up, however you like, and be able to really do jam out on stuff. Yeah. And we, and we, we go on and off the zoom when they're remote. So I can be a little more focused with my work. Whereas when they're in the office, I'm a, I'm a little more entertaining them. And you know what? Either way is fine. And I tell clients that I'm like, it's really up to you. Cause I've had clients fly in from California cause they want to do the in-person and they love the experience. And we have a pretty cool office in Brooklyn and they just kind of want to come to New York. I'm like, great. Use it as an excuse. Um, but they don't, they don't need to. But in terms of even how you structure your work in these live sessions and I mean, I imagine even just from the client's perspective, that's a much better experience of them being able to schedule a couple of really intense days versus spreading a brand project out over, you know, many months, right? Yeah. And I think probably for the market size that you serve in terms of one to three person service businesses, uh, you know, it's not like you're talking about going and rebranding like a major corporation. It's it's no. a smaller team, smaller focus, and also very much service oriented. So some similarities there. Yeah. Well, by focusing so specifically, I have been able to become that much more of an expert. Again, repeating a process, repeating a process for a specific target. I mean, I know this space inside and out and the challenges are the same and, you know, there are different solutions I've seen and, but every client I work with is adding to my tool belt, you know, my toolbox, um, because they're, they're all, they all share some, some major similarities. Um, also including the fact that I only work with people who want to charge premium prices. You know, I don't work with people who want to play the price game and, and undercut. You need to want to be the most expensive person on the market. That's what the badass brand does. It elevates you. Um, and so, you know, I really try to attract my people, people who that really resonates with, who really want that lifestyle where they're getting paid a lot of money, you know, for less work. So they have more time um, and they can just keep you investing that time in getting better and better. Um, and that's the other part. Like we really only attract people who feel like they're badass is what, what they do. I mean, I don't want to work with people who are just so, so everyone that comes into our office and who's willing to pay our prices. So remember $15,000 for a one person business. It's a lot of money. Those sure. people, they are confident in their abilities and that's what I want them to have. Um, if, you know, if the work that we do with them is actually going to produce results, they have to be great already. Um, so that's who I'm usually targeting and everyone else I'm repelling, you know, I'm like, if this doesn't sound good, like, <laughs> have you, go I was going to ask, yeah. Have you, uh, <laughs> have you had to do a, you know, uh, an assessment and, and, and tell anybody yet, you don't need to name any names, but you know, have you had to say, I'm sorry, but you're not, you're not badass enough. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, from the first conversation, it's usually, you know, I think that I speak um, 
aggressively enough with my message and, and what we're all about that I tend to, the people that close tend to really resonate with it. Um, and then, you know, that's what that brand shrink is for. I mean, I really outline it and, and sometimes I suggest some pretty aggressive things. So if they see that and I tell them, you know, you need to be on board with this for this to work. So if you're, if you're hesitant, if you're, you kind of like want to dip a toe in. I'm like, this isn't a good idea. So I really do try to, I don't, I don't tell people no. I just, I tell them that they really need to be, you know, on board for it to work. And that's enough to make sure that the right people close and everyone else doesn't. Um, so I think it's a kind way to do it. And I think it's a, it's a good, it's a good way to do it because the people who are like, no, I'm on board, let's do it. I'm like, great. Then you're a perfect candidate, you know? It's awesome. This is I, I I love talking about your your brand. I love talking about the business model that you've created for yourself. Uh, some of the things you've accomplished for your business. Um, are you ready for our lightning round? Yeah, let's do it. All right, Pia. What is the best advice you've ever received? Whenever you have to do something, ask yourself, "What would happen if I didn't do this?" And if it's nothing, don't do it. <laughs> you'd be surprised how much time you free up when you don't do things you don't need to do. I'm writing that down right now. I'm going to ask myself that question. I, <laughs> I changed my life. Brent. And you've got some good questions. I'm, I'm going home. I've got homework tonight. I'm like, what do I hate about what I do? What's my favorite thing? What's the most profitable thing? I mean, I think those are questions that even though you give people permission to ask them, this question, right? What would you do if you didn't do this? And these other questions you've talked about today. Um, these are questions as an entrepreneur that um, you should probably be asking yourself on some kind of regular interval because it's not like these are one and done things. These are things that you need to keep in your in your tool belt to come back with, whether you do like regular journaling or clarity breaks or just something, you know, asking yourself yeah. um, these questions. I would even say, um, you know, some of these questions, you could probably be a little bit recursive in your in your answers, right? Like keep asking yourself the same question and see how many different answers you come up with. <laughs> um, I agree. <laughs> and it changes. Your answers change. So yeah. you're right. Uh, which of your personal habits has contributed most to your success? Um, continuing after feeling like it's totally done and dead, <laughs> like being able to push past that part where you really want to give up. I don't know what you call that, but that's to me the most important characteristic of an entrepreneur. I think it's perseverance. Is that, but that sounds so lame. <laughs> <laughs> That's so motivational poster. I'm, I'm picturing like a ditch that I'm in and then I like crawl to the other side of it. <laughs> mm. Or have you seen, uh, I'm sure you've seen Kill Bill where she gets buried alive. You know, oh, like yeah. that's, that's really Haunted pushing me. past it when you're actually buried alive and you do the one inch punch and you, you make your way outside of, you know, you, you come up from the, basically the dead, like that's pushing past. That's, that's something beyond perseverance. That's something that that's, that's badass perseverance. I maybe like that. the kill bill. Method. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, is there an internet resource or tool that you use, uh, that helps you in your business or personal life that you can share with our listeners? Um, Every day I use Boomerang for Gmail, for my email, to get the read receipt to see if people got my emails and to schedule emails to go out. I couldn't live without that. Nice. Uh, what book would you recommend and why? 
Uh, recently, I cannot shut up about The Great Leap by Guy Hendricks. Um, hmm. If you haven't read it, highly recommend. A uh, great, a lot of concepts I've I've heard before, but positioned in a different way that really just gave it a new light and about like figuring out how you're limiting yourself um, and, and gives you some really good tools of how to recognize when you're doing it so that you can stop doing it. Um, but just a really interesting way to talk about it, some great verbiage. And I made Steve read it and we're constantly like, oh, we're upper limiting ourselves now. you know. <laughs> and it's just great to be able to point that stuff out. Um, to get to the next level. Nice. Well, we'll definitely link out to that in our uh, show notes. I have not read that yet, so that'll make its way onto my personal reading list. And um, can you tell our audience about how they can find out more about you or where they can check out anything you might have for them? Sure. Well, I'm glad you liked my questions, Brent, because I actually put together, um, I'm going to give you guys, because this is for the digital agency world. I mean, this is everything I got here. I'm going to share with you guys my brand shrink questionnaire. Um, so th it's like 80 questions. Um, and I don't ask all clients, all of them, but it's a really, it's a really good look into how we figure out what people's brands are about. So you can take it yourself. So I put that at badassyourbrand.com backslash you gurus. Um, and you can download that. And when you uh, get that, you'll also get the first chapter of my book, Badass Your Brand, which is also like more in depth about our story and how we went from debt to this super specific uh, brand offering. Most excellent. Uh, if, if experience um, tells me anything, our audience loves uh, giant lists of questions that they can use to think about their own <laughs> business or their client businesses or, or whatever they're working on. So definitely go check that out, guys. And we'll link to uh, that page in our show notes, of course. And Pia, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Thank you, Brent. It was great. I had a lot of fun. Awesome. All right. That's it, guys, for our uh, episode of the Digital Agency Show this week. Until next week, I'm your host, Brent Weaver. Thanks again for tuning in to the Digital Agency Show. Before we close out, I wanted to check in on your answer to my question from the beginning of the episode. Are you stressed out, cash crunched, fed up with your business? Now, if you feel this way, you might think that you have a lead generation problem. Maybe that it's the area you live in or that this market has gotten too competitive. Maybe you think that your business can't be turned around. And I want you to think again. In my many years of experience, I can tell you now, it's something much deeper that you're likely not even aware of yet. It's like a client who says they need a website, Facebook ads, or a mobile app when they don't even realize it's a deeper challenge that's blocking them from success. Now, if you'd like to find out what your deeper challenge is, then I want to invite you to apply for a strategy call where we're going to dig into those underlying issues in your business and get you moving forward like never before. The aha moments that you're going to have will shift the way you think forever and you'll finally get the answers as to why your business hasn't taken off. The number one most important decision to rapidly grow your business starts by booking your YouGurus strategy call today. Go to YouGurus.com apply to start the application process for this free call. Once again, go to YouGurus.com apply to get started. Thanks again for tuning in. Join us next week for another episode of the Digital Agency Show.